Amen. Amen. You know, you become emeritus and they don't get your stool for you anymore or anything. <laughs> oh, amen. Well, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 11. But before I preach, this is called the cowboy way. Okay, and it's, it says here, this is cowboy rules for Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, New Mexico, Wyoming, Montana, Utah, Nebraska, Idaho, Nevada, and the rest of, of the Wild West. Rule number one, pull up your pants, you look like an idiot. Rule number two, turn your cap right, your head ain't crooked. Number three, let's get this straight. It's called the gravel road. I drive a pickup because I want to. No matter how slow you drive, you're going to get dust on your Lexus. So drive it or get out of the way. So you have a $60,000 car. We're impressed. We have $250,000 combines that are driven only three weeks a year. Every person in the Wild West waves. It's called being friendly. Try to understand that concept. If that cell phone rings while a bunch of us are geese, pheasant, ducks, or dove hunting, or are coming, and are coming in during a hunt, we will shoot it out of your hand. You better hope you don't have it up to your ear at the time. Yeah, we eat trout, salmon, deer, and elk. You really want sushi and caviar? It's available in the corner bait shop. <laughs> the opener refers to the first day of deer season. It's a religious holiday held the closest Saturday to the 1st of November. <laughs> we open doors for women. It applies to all women regardless of age. Number 11, there's no vegetarian special on the menu. I have to laugh. My wife went into a restaurant and she tried to order a cob salad. And the, guy, the waiter who, you know, he's got the robe, you know, his apron tied around him. He's got a pack of cigarettes rolled up in his T-shirt. He had a cowboy hat on. He goes, lady, we ain't got no cob salad. She says, well, can I just have a regular salad? Lady, we don't have no regular salad. Well, can I have, and she wants something cooked in the certain way. And Judy goes afterwards, she goes, well, just ask my sister. Luann looks at her laughing and says, can I just have a cheeseburger and fries? And he goes, lady, that we have. I don't know how that works. Okay. There's no vegetarian special on our menu. Order steak, or you can have a chef's salad and pick off the two pounds of ham and turkey. We fill out our table. When we fill out our table, there are three main dishes, meats, vegetables, and breads. We use three spices, salt, pepper, and ketchup. Oh, yeah, we don't care what you folks in Cincinnati call that stuff you eat. It ain't real chili. Okay. Yeah, we have golf courses, but don't hit the water hazards. It spooks the fish. Turn down the blasted car stereo. That thumpity thump ain't music anyways. We don't want to hear it any more than we want to see your boxers. Refer back to number one. Okay, I will leave it at that. Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. Just one verse to start. 
for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So we're going to look a little tonight at the calling of God, the calling of God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just ask you to bless the message. And uh, Father, you speak to hearts tonight, Lord, as you did me as I got ready and prepared to preach tonight. Lord, again, I just pray you be with my, my bride while we're apart one from another. But Father, I just pray your Holy Spirit can work in our hearts. And when we leave this place, we can say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. And we are ready, Father, to tell the lost and dying world that a Savior has come. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Okay, In the context of that, I'm not going to read the verse for the sake of time, but it's about the call of Israel and God's people. I'd like you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. We'll be looking at quite a few verses tonight, if time permits. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And of course, you know verse 7. That says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I want you to think about that. In the context, in verse 8 it says, Be not thou therefore, because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and a sound mind. Therefore, okay, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with what? And holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. He called us with a holy calling. You know, the key to that is it's according to God's purpose, God's grace, and it's Whose plan? His plan, see? It's God's purpose. God doesn't owe you anything. You know, people get, well, God didn't give me this, and God didn't save you. I'm sorry. I know people who are upset. Okay? They had a saved aunt or a saved mother or a saved grandmother, and God takes the person home at 90 years of age, and they're mad. It God, because God took away their loved one. The only problem Judy and I have is we're going to be jealous of who gets there first. I'm just being honest with you. Okay? It's, he doesn't owe us anything. If he did, you know what? Your salvation wouldn't be by grace, unmerited favor. It'd be he owed you something. That's why works makes no sense. How can God owe you anything? It's not a payment of debt. God's grace many times isn't recognized by his child. We just don't recognize his grace in our lives. We think God is mistreating us when in fact he is helping us. We just don't see it correctly yet. Sometimes you go to a trial, you've got to remember the context here, and he says, be not thou... Therefore, ashamed of the testimony, he's not given spirit of fear. It's because the afflictions that both our Savior went through to save us and Paul went through to bring the gospel to those around the world. Let me see here. Strange, if indeed, a thorn to prick, to pierce into the very quick, to cause perpetual sense of pain, Strange gift, 
and yet t'was given for gain. Unwelcome yet it came to stay, nor could it E and B prayed away. It came to fill its God-planned place, a life-enriching means of grace. God's grace thorns, oh, what forms they take, what piercing, smarting pain they make. And yet each one is in love is sent, and always just for blessing meant. And so whate'er the thorn may be, from God accept it willingly. But reckon Christ, his life, his power, to keep thee in thy most trying hour. And sure, thy life will richer grow, his grace sufficient will bestow. And in heaven's morning thy joy twill be, that by his thorn he strengthened thee. And so many times we get caught up thinking, okay, these things... You know, it's why the bad things happen to good people. You know, that attitude is because sometimes God's trying to get your attention and he's preparing you. Okay? He's trying to help you. So I want you to understand, God doesn't make mistakes. Okay? God is always good and God is always right. We don't always understand. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. See, point number one is the calling of God. Point number two is the wisdom of God's calling. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. For you see your calling, brethren. Did that say only some are called? No, it says, for you see your calling, brethren. How not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his, what? Presence. See, God's calling is to show, the wisdom of God's calling is to show his glory, not ours. It's not about me. It's not to make me look good. It's about God's glory. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. I promise I won't keep you real late. Of course, I got Bible. I got a Bible verse for that. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? All men are... Okay. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Look at verse 11. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you what? Worthy of this calling and to fill all the good treasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be what? Where? In you. And ye in him according to the grace of our Lord, of our God in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to know. When something's going on, that's the reason. When you ever think about this, what's important is that God gets glorified. I've told people, I've, I've, tried to, I've talked to people who've pulled away from God, and I said, I don't want to... I don't want to.
get more glory out of your death than he will out of your life. And he says, and then your family, if they know me, they may ask me to come and preach over your, your coffin or at your funeral. You see, whether we live, whether we die, we are the Lord's. And we're here, for thou hast, what? For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For thou created all things thy pleasure. Okay, you understand that? Revelation 4.11, we didn't quote the whole thing, but I want you to understand it's for his pleasure, it's for his glory. And so the believer, you know, you, you can't wallow in your failure. You can't wallow in your mistakes. You know what I'm saying to you? When you've made them, confess them, give them to God, get up and go on for him. The one who wants you down is not God. See, that's the wisdom of his calling. Okay. Turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. I'm frustrated today. I want you to know that. I, I've Sometimes, you know, I got off of Facebook because I get frustrated by it. I'm serious. You know, watch stuff that's said on Facebook. I watch church members argue with each other on Facebook, and I try to correct that. Then I watch other Christians argue with other Christians on Facebook, and I finally give up. And I said, Lord, this is not worth me getting upset about. Okay? Because if I can't help someone to see something with Scripture, they don't want to receive it. Because most of the times, you know, it's not doctrinal problems, it's personal problems. You understand that? So I said, so I took Facebook off my phone. You know, I sleep better at night. And I don't, when I'm not trying, I don't have to worry about it. You know why? Because, I'm sorry. I get this. But you know, people will say things on Facebook they won't say to each other face to face. And it's like, no one's going to see it. Oh. <laughs> Man, you could put it on your laptop and your father could be president. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. What does it say? Those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, that means mature, okay, perfect, be thus minded. And if in any other thing you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this even unto you. Because eventually, if you continue to dwell on the past, it will cripple you. Don't let your past rob you of your presence and steal your future. If you have to pay something for your past, you pay it. But you let it go and you give it to God. Don't let it cripple you. Okay, and so many times we get caught in it because, you know, people will tell you you're a victim. Do you realize that six people died in a Christian school because, 
A lot of the press is saying it was their fault and not the emotionally, psychologically ill, confused person who killed them. See, you don't realize it, but in our country, very soon, you're going to see that the transgender pushing of this whole thing is gives another door to attack you as a Christian. Because as a Christian, if you're a Bible-believing Christian, you know what you believe? A man and a woman. And you are created a certain way. So if you go against that, it's either today or tomorrow, I think it was today, it was supposed to be the National Day for Transgender Rage. We need to understand something. If you're not going through it, you will. If you are going through it, you're going to come out of it and then go through something else. Because if we have in this hope in Christ, in this life only, we are above all most miserable. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth on those things which are before, I press toward the, the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's a high calling. It's talking about Christian commitment. Okay, so you have the wisdom. You have God's calling. You have the wisdom of God's calling. It's to bring him glory. You how to judge something in your life very easily. Look in your Bible and see if God says that that's something good. Does that glorify him? If it doesn't, don't get involved in it. And if it does, do it. If you're not doing it, change. There's a hope to God's calling. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. See, I got rid of Facebook. Now I got to start getting rid of just the plain news feeds that come up on my iPad, okay? <laughs> Verse 13, Ephesians 1. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that ye believed, ye were what? With that Holy Spirit of promise. Isn't that a blessing? I think our pastors talked about that. Right? Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Wherefore, I also, after I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love unto all saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, you, give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. See, who are we supposed to know about? Him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his what? His calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places 
far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. God's Holy Spirit in the believer. You know, there's such a mess today because people don't even like, Pastor Kenny preached on the Holy Spirit. Okay. People who read their Bible should know who the Holy Spirit is and the Holy Ghost and not think you have two different parts of, you know, because it's not a, um, the Godhead is a triune God, not a fourfold God. And they're equal. And the hope of the calling is you have the earnest of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. That's the giving of the Holy Spirit to you. How many of you take time to listen to what he says? And how do you know when someone, I've had someone tell me, well, God led me or the Holy Ghost led me. And I said, well, what scriptures do you base that on? And I go, oh, well, no, 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 no scriptures. Just God's, give me this sense. No, a different God or a different spirit took away your sense. Because if it doesn't agree with God's word, it's not God's will. And if it's not God's will, then it won't be God's way. Hope of God's calling. Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6, it says, There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and that's not water. One God and one Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Hmm? See, because Christ Jesus in you is the hope of glory. Now quickly, so we see God's calling, the wisdom of his calling, the hope of God's calling. What is our response to God's calling? Second Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, our response to God's calling. Verse 10. Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your what? Calling the election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never what? There's churches that start out teaching salvation and then teaching you can lose it. So then you're always in fear in your service. You know what that makes it? It makes it a works religion. Okay? Perfect love casteth out fear. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Make it sure. If you doubt your salvation, make it sure. Give diligence. Calling election sure. Why? Because look at verse 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Make your calling and election sure. Go to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly what? And then it tells you to do what? The response to God's calling. 
Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, is also Moses was faithful in all his house. You know what the response to God's calling is? Be faithful. Be faithful. Do I need to expound on that? If you want me to, we can get out at 9.30. Go to 1 John chapter 3. Make it sure, be faithful. It's really deep, isn't it? 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed, your actions, and in truth. And hereby we know, and I've preached on this before, okay, when you love the Lord, not only in what you say, but what you do, and it can be seen as a truth in your life, guess what? And hereby we know we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. So the response to God's calling, make it sure, be faithful, and let your life Match your language when you're talking about your Savior. And you won't be doubting it. Plain and simple. God saves you. You don't save yourself. There's no work involved. When the Bible says work out your own salvation, in what? Fear and trembling. That's not talking about working for it. It's working it out. Understanding that whom the Lord loveth, he and scourgeth every son and receiveth, because he wants you to be able to give glory to him. And all God's people said, Amen. Good night and God bless.